have we had a great weekend already. Yeah. Do you remember me saying that I said this weekend, this Holy Ghost weekend was going to be special? Yep. Now that does well. Apparently, the devil heard me too, because he has absolutely attacked this weekend. Right? In many ways, he's attacked. But let me tell you what's happened anyway. On Friday night, we had probably the most powerful prayer that we've had yes. since we started having it. And the Lord gave me a message that is one of the most powerful messages on yeah. Friday night I've ever preached and one of the most important I've ever preached to the body of Christ. And I wasn't planning on preaching it, but the Lord poured out. I mean, His glory was here. And if you didn't hear that message, you need to hear it. It is very important going forward from this point. Then on Saturday, what were we believing God for? How many souls to be one? A hundred. And we got 96. And then we, we said, no, that's not enough. And people went out and they made sure we hit the 100 yeah. mark. So yesterday we had over 100, another one this morning. And then even in prayer this morning, uh, there was healing. And yeah. so I won't, I won't, come here, George. You can come on down. Bring me that. Thank you. I want George to tell you, look, this is what we're believing for. We're believing for the supernatural all the time. Tell them what happened. And don't do it in your Darth Vader narrator voice. Tell them with some excitement. Well, about a week, a week ago, I was sitting back there, and I noticed that I couldn't see. Is that better? <laughs> Thank you. And I noticed that I couldn't, uh, I couldn't see as clear right here. It was blurry, and I realized that it had been that way for a while. I just I hadn't realized that. And so I was you know, going, okay, well, what do I need to do? What are my next steps, Lord? And I just had peace. I said, all right. And then this morning, we were at prayer this morning right here, and all I was doing was walking back where I was. Yeah. And I sat down. No, I didn't sit down. I just stand. And all of a sudden, I saw right here. It was crystal clear. Hallelujah. And I started looking all around, and it was crystal, crystal clear. And I, it, I wasn't working in faith. I wasn't going, oh, i got to get the healing, got to get the healing at all. It's just the Lord just pours out because he loves us. Yes. And that's all it was. Yeah. It's just that simple. Amen. Yes, sir. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Glory. Yes, that is supernatural. Yes, sir. And that's what it, we're believing for. Amen. Yes, sir. Yes, Glory to God. Yes, sir. Hallelujah. Let's give him praise. Lord, we praise you and we thank you. Thank you, Lord. That's another miracle this month. That makes like five this month that we're aware of. There may be more. But listen, this is something that I said Friday night. You don't know when exactly that word is going to come. You don't know when that healing is going to manifest. You just need to be in place. A lot of people, I said this Friday, a lot of people are missing their very breakthrough they've been praying so hard for because they're not in place at the right time. And you don't know when that's going to come, and you've got to be diligent. Now listen, I'm going to tell you, I'm going I'm to give you a secret right here, all right? And this is something the devil does not want you to know. Many of you, you've been coming now for a while, right? Now you kind of know how I flow. When you first got here, you're like, oh man, this is different, I like this. But now it's not different to you anymore. Right. Now it's not different to you anymore. Right? Just like Jesus wasn't different to them in Nazareth. Right. 
and the power of God didn't flow. There's a familiarity that the devil tries to get people into. And when you get familiar with things and it just doesn't feel different anymore, that's when you put on hunger and humility on purpose. And I'm telling you right now, many of you are stepping right into that period of time where the devil's trying to trap you with that. And all of a sudden you're bored and all those things. And listen, guess who's, who's hit that area more than probably anybody here? Me, this guy. Right? But I had to learn that when I put on hunger and humility, then I place myself in the right place, and I'm there. And all of a sudden, what I started finding out was when I would hunger more than the people next to me, I would get more than they would get. And they'd say, well, why is that happening to you? Because I was there, because I was hungry, because I didn't get familiar. Don't fall for the trap. Hunger is our responsibility. Put that on and watch what God can do. Amen. All of a sudden, you'll be in the right place at the right time, and the glory of God will be poured out, and you'll be right under the spout of it. Amen. That's what he wants for you, and it's in our hands. God's basically sitting there from heaven with a big spigot of his glory and his goodness, and he is pouring out. It's pouring out. It's going to hit somebody. The question is, do we open it over our head and over our life? Do we open that spout over our head and over our life? And you do that by being obedient to the word, by being right where God wants you to be, right on time, right in place, and that's what. And don't get familiar. Don't get familiar. Remember, the people in Nazareth didn't see Jesus as different. They saw him as the carpenter's son. But when, and here's what will happen. When you purpose yourself to not get familiar, all of a sudden you'll be sitting there and, and the message that didn't feel that much different last week, this week you'll get something out of it. If you've never heard that story, one, you know, I'll tell you the story. Uh, one time I was sitting in a church and I was just mad. I was, just, I was just upset that God had me. Now, I don't believe, if you're in this church and you're not feeding well, I, I'm just going to tell you, it, it probably has something to do with you, right? But in this church, I wasn't sure about that. I wasn't sure about it. And I was, I was sitting there, I was like, Lord, I'm just not getting what I used to get. Why am I even here? Like, I feel like I'm wasting my time. Oh, religious self. Me. Oh, religious self. I just feel like I'm way, I don't even know why I'm here. All of a sudden, the Lord said, and, and I didn't like the tone that God took with me. <laughs> and he said, well, if you're so holy, the least you could do is pray for the people around you that they would receive. And I was like, I think I just messed up. I think I just messed up. And I said, well, okay, because I knew. I was like, all right, now now's not the time to get in an argument with God or get in a discussion. I'm sitting in the middle of the service because that would look funny, you know. And be like, well, what do you mean by that? It's like the preacher's preaching. I'd be sitting there having a discussion with God in the seat. Uh, but I said, he just told me what to do. Okay, I'm going to do it. And so I started, I started uh, praying for the people. And I just started praying in the Holy Ghost. And I was thinking, you know, if you were there, let Paul be blessed, you know. Let, let the people just be blessed. Let them rise up, Lord. Let them get everything out of this message that they need to get. Let them be blessed in Jesus' name. Lord, let, let these words, you know, and, and 
you know, now listen, my thoughts of familiarity were, I don't need these words like they need these words. Religious. Religious spirit. Y'all couldn't even believe I'd ever be like that, would you? That that wasn't enough laughing. Some of y'all took it serious. Like, you think I could have got, I was there. I was there. And I was sitting there going, oh, man. I said, I just said, I prayed. And all that, that Sunday, I just prayed in the spirit. Didn't feel anything different. But the next Sunday I got there, I was still a little perturbed, you know, and I was still sitting there a little irritated and upset. And uh, sure enough, again, you know, the Lord, I said, Lord, what do you want me to do? He said, pray for the people. And I said, okay. So I started praying. But in that message, you know, like he said something. And I went, well, that one was pretty good. That was pretty good, you know. And then that's about it. I got one or two things, you know, one or two sentences out of the message. By the next Sunday, man, I was sitting there and I, I forgot to pray for people because I was getting so much stuff. And, and it was that Sunday or the next Sunday, I went, Lord, man, this is like a different preacher. And the Lord said, he hadn't changed. He said, he hadn't changed. And I went, oh. He said, your heart changed. You started focusing on other people instead of yourself, and your heart changed. And I went, oh, my goodness. Now, I'm going to tell you, from that day forward, I was feeding and I was receiving tons of stuff. Same preacher, same anointing, same blessing. It was me, and my heart was literally blocking my food. It was blocking my food. And I went, oh, my goodness. And I realized right then... I control the valve above my head, and I control it, and I've got to, so recognize the trap, recognize, you know, you think about it, when people start getting healed, a hundred people will be in heaven because we went out as a body of Christ yesterday, a hundred people will be there forever because we went out. How important is that? How important is that compared to something that somebody said? It's, you know, it's so important. That doesn't mean anything. That doesn't mean anything. How important is that? You know, besides employees doing the wrong stuff. I hope you didn't do anything wrong this week. (laughs) How important is it than frustrations, more important than frustrations at the job? How much more important is that than the challenges that you've had this week? This is eternity versus something that's temporary. And if we'll get our eyes off of the temporary and put it on the eternal, all of a sudden we'll get ourselves into a place to receive what God has for us. Many times that's what the devil's doing. That's one of his schemes. Get your eyes on the temporary so that you won't look at the eternal. But if we'll look at the eternal, we'll set our eyes above and not beneath. We will walk in the fullness of God. That's for you this morning. Are you setting your eyes above? Just close your eyes right now. Set your, when I talk about those eyes, I'm talking about spiritual eyes. Just say it with me. Say, Jesus, Jesus today, today I'm, setting my eyes I'm setting my eyes on you. On you. Today, today I'm, setting my eyes I'm setting my eyes on you. On you. In Jesus' name. In Jesus name. Amen. Amen. Morning. Morning. Amen.
God's so good, y'all. All the time. You know, I've really had it on my heart this morning. I brought this scripture up in prayer, and it wasn't about tithes and offerings, but I can't get it off my heart. So it's going to be tithes and offerings too. Because y'all know God's word is deep. It's so good. Like, have you ever read a scripture for the 842nd time, and you're like, oh, you mean that was there the whole time? And it's just like, you know, your V8 moment does. I didn't have that this morning, but it was good. Second Corinthians. I know y'all have never heard this one before, so I'm going to bring you a new one. Second Corinthians 9, 10 and 11. It says, Now he who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food will supply and multiply your seed for sowing, and increase the harvest of your righteousness. Who wants more righteousness? I do. You will be enriched in everything for all liberality, which through us, say through me, through me. Is, producing is producing thanksgiving to God. Thanksgiving to God. You know, so often we get to this time and we're like, okay, it's, it's time to give to God, or it's about what we're taking out of our pocket. And we don't think about the fact that, do you realize you sow this little seed, because I don't care how big it is, like whoever's writing the billion-dollar check today, glory to God, we appreciate it, but that's little. That's like small potatoes, because God's so much bigger. So we sow this little seed, and do you know because of the harvest that we reap, people are giving glory to the Father? Like, do you realize that? Do you realize that you, day in, day out, your life is causing people to look at God? Yeah. How awesome is that? How awesome is that? That we've got, on, back there with Deb, we've got two kids that went out, and David on the back corner. Three kids, y'all. Yeah. Three kids. Yeah. All under teenage years. Basically under preteen. David's 11. Is that right? 10. He's barely in double digits. And yet, three of them, 52 souls. Yeah. Yes. Glory to God. Now, you tell me, 10, 8, and 7. How are they going to look in 10 years? Yeah. Right? Because the seeds they sow, because they gave up time yesterday, I'm sure those three would have rather been up in the tree house in the back of the right yard. But they didn't. They came in obedience, and they sowed. They could have stood there and just did this, but they didn't. They willingly and obediently sowed what they had. And so many, Molly had somebody about in tears. David had somebody praising God. He went up to somebody and he said, on a scale of one to five, they said, ah, three or four. And he expertly, y'all, it was masterful. It blessed me so much. He goes, well, we're going to take that to a five right now. 
I mean, it might as well have been pastor standing there. He was just bold in it. And you could see those people watching this little 10-year-old boy's boldness. They stood a little taller, and they were like, that's awesome. Now, of course, everybody thinks that, you know, they're on a scale of 1 to 10. We got a ton of, like, hundreds and hundred thousands and, you know, tens, or a scale of 1 to 5, you know, tens and hundreds. Everybody thinks they're here. But yet, even the one that thought they were here, when they saw the blessing on this child, they smiled. They praised God. It's like that in every area of our lives. When we take what little we have, and we've got abundance, y'all, but when we take the seed of what we have, and we sow it joyfully. Lord, I wouldn't have anything without you. We're going to make people go, huh, who's that God? Who's the God they serve? Why does things always work for Miss Candy? Why is Miss Julie always so nice? Why is Mr. Sherman always smiling? Like they're going to start to wonder, who are you? And who do you have? That's what this is. This is seed. Yes, it's for, the, it's for God. Absolutely. Give everything in the name of Jesus. And yes, that harvest is for you. You better put an expectation on your seed. You cannot please God with this if you don't give it in faith. But part of the faith you give Lord, I thank you that my harvest causes people to praise you. I thank you that the harvest upon me causes people to look at you and say, if it'll work from that, for that shy redneck from Pleasant Garden, then surely it's got to work for me. I praise God for that. Lord, we thank you. Thank you for using us. Thank you, Lord, that you give seed to the sower. Father, we purpose in our heart right now. We are sowers. Be it big, be it small, we are sowers, willingly and obediently acting upon your leading, Lord. And Lord, we put an expectation. Your word is true. And your heart towards us is pure. You love us so much. You will not have mankind outgive the creator of the universe. Lord, we give to you now. Not because we have to, but because we love you. And because we are sure of one thing. You are love. And you love us. And Father, we know that you love each and every person out here. No matter where they are today, you love them. You sent Christ to die for them. So Lord, I pray an abundant blessing upon the harvest of the giver today. I pray, Lord, they are so abundantly blessed that the heathen looks at them and thinks on you. That the heathen looks at them and desires you. And the man who's given his life to you desires more of you. Lord, I thank you that the blessing upon the giver here today is so abundantly blessed that every person that looks on them praises God. 
because you are faithful, because you are true, because you are the blesser. So I call blessings upon this seed. It will go and produce that which you have said it to do. And Lord, I call blessings upon the giver and their abundant harvest. I thank you, Lord, that when the world looks at your givers, they praise you. Lord, we love you. What an honor it is to be used by you. What an honor it is to have a part in your kingdom. What an honor it is that you desire us and that you long for our hearts. What an honor it is to be called yours. What an honor it is to love on you. We love you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Bring your seed to Diddy. If you didn't get an envelope, I'm sorry, I forgot to ask, find an usher. But if you're watching on live stream, you can give at givebc.org. If you're on Facebook, you can give at hashtag donate. Put an expectation on that seed. Amen. Father, we just pray over every seed sown. Thank you, Lord. Every penny, every part, it represents a piece. It represents a piece of our lives. Lord, right now, Lord, it represents that we love you. It represents that we trust you. It represents that we worship you. And Lord, every penny, Lord, every envelope sown, Lord, let it be a blessing. Let it be blessed. In the name of Jesus, we call it blessed. We praise you for it. Let it be supernaturally multiplied. Pressed down, shaken together, running over, shall men give to their bosom. Lord, in the name of Jesus, Father, do something supernatural here, even this week, Lord. Do something supernatural, even this week. Lord, thank you. Release your glory on people's finances. Release your glory in their favor, Lord. Thank you, thank you, thank you, Lord. Thank you, thank you, thank you, Lord. Thank you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Yep. Barrett, I want, uh, I want us to find a song that's upbeat about thank you, thank you, thank you. I think there might be one out there, but uh, I want us to find it. And No, not right now. <laughs> no, not unless you got it in your heart. <laughs> thank you, Lord. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Just, just thank him. Is he doing something supernatural in your finances? Is he? Yeah. Is he? Is he? Thank him. Thank you, Lord, for doing supernatural. Thank you, Lord, for canceling that debt. Thank you, Lord, for bringing about abundance for every good work. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. Yeah. You know, I think 
and this is why I'm saying this, I think the Lord wants us, hear this, hear this. I really believe while I'm standing here, the Lord's showing me something. And that is, I think he wants us to go into this new year with thanksgiving on our hearts. With thanksgiving at the core of who we are. Not making excuses for it. Thanksgiving on our hearts. That it's become a part of the core. That's why he's had me do this, this series. Is we've got to get thanksgiving. If for some reason you didn't hear last week's or the week before, you need to hear it. I'm telling you, let me just tell you something. I've never felt in our ministry in almost 12 years now, I have never felt like the Lord has been giving out such daily words as he is in this season. I mean, and if you treat them like they're the words of the Lord for you, you will receive supernatural words. But if you treat them as, as you're familiar with them, if you treat them as just uh, average, then that's what you'll have. It'll be average to you. But I'm telling you, as a pastor, and, and now having 12 years since we started this in our, in our home and in our living room, I've never felt like the Lord has been given such supernatural daily bread words for us to live supernaturally on as He is right now. How you handle it will be what you receive from it. How you handle it will be what you receive from it. I'm telling you, it's just, it, it's something good. Something good. Now let's go back to it. Now that I've said that, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Lord, you're giving us how to go into this next year. How to finish 2020 and how to go into 2021. Thank you, Lord. You're giving us the words to prepare us. Lord, we thank you for our finances being built up. We thank you for debt being completely, supernaturally paid off, erased in Jesus' name. For favor and abundance to overflow for every good work to establish the covenant. Thank you, Lord. We receive it and we walk in it. Lord, we reject and we renounce every scheme of the devil. We renounce and we reject it in our lives. Every plan that he has against us. No weapon formed against us will prosper. We'll put on Jesus. We'll put on Jesus. We'll put on Jesus. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. Just say it with me. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The world may look at it and think that it is, that's silly and that's crazy. And yet you'll be the one walking in the supernatural. <laughs> you'll be the one walking in the supernatural. Glory to God. Glory. Well, you may be seated. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord, for blessing your people. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I said it. I think I said it Friday night. I can feel a hunger. We, we were talking about hunger and humility, and you have to understand that hunger is not God's responsibility, it's ours. Now, he will help you be hungry. He will help you be hungry. He'll show you, he'll teach you, and he'll lead you into it, but it's our responsibility to put it on. And I can tell you, I feel him drawing us to a hunger and drawing me to a hunger 
uh, that I haven't felt in some, some months. And uh, there's something happening. And how we handle that will be uh, how we're used, how we're utilized. How we handle the drawing of the Lord to the places of hunger is how we will uh, receive and how it will be utilized. Uh, how many people, think about this, when we get up to heaven, you know, uh, when we get up to heaven and we're standing in front of the Lord and he's passing out uh, blessings and rewards for stuff we've done here on the earth. He said, you'll be rewarded. You'll be awarded here on the earth. When he's passing those things out, how many people you're going to want to receive a lot from them? Not just because you want something, but you're going to want to stand in front of him and say, here's, here's what I did at your word, at your word. Uh, and you got to understand that just everything that you do is not going to count. Hear that. Everything you do is not going to count. In 1 Corinthians 13, 3, it says, Even though I give all my possessions to the poor, or I give my life to be burned, but have not love, it profits me nothing. In other words, love says, he said, if you love me, you'll keep my commandment. So if we get up there and he told us to do this, but we didn't do it, then we didn't love him. If he told us to do one thing, but we did something else, then that's not love. We have zero profit on that. We have profit on the things that he speaks to us in the place where he speaks to us, right? And in other words, it's important where you are and where you're planning. See, a lot of people, they've been going to church just wherever it was cool and wherever was comfortable and wherever family's gone and all kinds of stuff like that. And, and I would say most people in here, you're not following, falling into that now. But a lot of people don't realize, they haven't even asked the Lord, is this my place? And God's the one who places the members in the body. And so everything they do there, it profits nothing. And they're like, what, really? That's what his word says. What his word says. That's why we need to get serious with where we're at. And if we're placed in a place, then God will give direction to that place. Imagine a field, right? In Psalms 92, it says, those that are planted in the house of the Lord. In the house of the Lord, that means the body of Christ where he's planted you. Those that are planted in the house of the Lord flourish in the courts of heaven. In other words, there's a great profiting that happens when they're planted. So if you can imagine, every body of Christ, every church is a field. And the pastor is the farmer of that field. And God has given him direction over that field, where to go, what to do. Have a Holy Ghost weekend, right? Have go soul winning. Have a prayer night. Have a Holy Ghost service this afternoon. I'm going to tell you, on Friday night, it, the, it got so thick and so powerful in here, I went, my goodness, if this is what prayer is going to be like, what's it going to be like this afternoon at 4 o'clock in the Holy Spirit service? Oh, my goodness. It was. It was. And so all of a sudden you see that that pastor's like a farmer over the field and you're either given to the vision of that field or you're not. But when we get in the right place and see that's where we've got to realize that's where God's talking to us. And if we want the harvest of what God says, then we've got to see that I've got to pay attention to what God's saying when and where. Now, that's not the only place he talks to us. He also talks to us individually. But that is just as important as the individual. you got to see because that's part of his plan. 
You can't throw out one piece or another piece. You have to walk in all of it. You need to walk in all of it because you want to stand in front of him and say, well, you did everything I told you in your private prayer time, but you didn't do anything that uh, I led you to at the church I planted you in. You also don't want to get in front of them and say, well, you did everything you gave yourself to the church, but you never did anything in your private prayer time, in your private relationship. You never did any of that. We want to be, we want to be good on both of those fronts. Amen? What the Lord's leading us to, where he planted us, and in our individual fellowship. Hallelujah. It's that time for us to pay attention. I'm telling you right now, this is a harvest time. And there's a scripture that we read the other, other day, and... Uh, in that, in that harvest time, it says this. Uh, or, I, anyway, I'm, not, I'm trying to remember where we actually, I read it in the last few days. It basically says this. that if it, Oh, I read it yesterday at the soul winning. If it's harvest time and a son doesn't go out to do the harvest, they are ashamed. It's shameful. It's shameful. Read it yesterday because it's a harvest time. It's not just a harvest of souls. It's a harvest of every promise that God has. And it's time for us to recognize it's time to be more serious about the kingdom of God than we've ever been about anything else. And now is that time. You know, it's always been that time. But now we're coming to the end of the age and it's like everything is so compressed. There's going to be so many things happening so quickly that it's multiplied. So what we do has a multiplied effect. Positive, positively or negatively. So it's time to pay attention and be very obedient. Be very tuned in to the Lord. And uh, it is so important. It's time for us to get prepared. Time for us to get prepared. All right. So let me just give you a couple of things. Hallelujah. Give you some announcements here. Again, uh, pick up your kids and children's ministry so I don't have to go find a pregnant cat. Uh, go right after service. I, I don't want to scour in the neighbor, neighborhood to find a pregnant cat to send home with your kid because you left them there. Amen. <laughs> it's like my favorite announcement ever. Next thing, tonight will be the Holy Spirit service. If you, if, you don't, if you don't think it is, it won't be for you. It's true. Tonight's going to be the Holy Spirit service at 4 p.m. That'll be the youth. And, uh, but I can tell you right now there's something happening. And let me just tell you this. I'm not going to lunch. I've already fasted breakfast. I'm fasting lunch. Something's going to happen this afternoon. That's all I'm going to say. You can hear it or not. corporate prayer this week at 6 a.m. Every Sunday morning, we need your supply. Every Sunday morning, 8.15 to 9.15, corporate prayer, praying for this service. How many things are not happening because we haven't been here and praying? How many things could happen if we were? Hallelujah. Next week, I am so not hyping stuff this morning. So, and I'm not going to. I'm not going to. You've got to grab a hold of it. Yeah. If I've got to always charge you up, then you've missed Christianity. Yeah. You've missed the point. Kind of being serious with y'all this morning. 
And sometimes it's good. Let me tell you something. Let me, let me give you some correction. There's something that God wants to take us into. Have you ever, you ever been trying to get on a train or a plane or something like that and you, and you missed the time and it took off without you? There's times like that with God. And you have to recognize the time. You're responsible for the time, time clock to recognize it. And this is one of those times in the kingdom of God, and it is not time to play. And you need to hear that. You need to hear it. Because I don't want you to miss anything. I don't want you to miss anything. I don't want you to miss anything. But it comes down to us and what we are obedient to. You've got to decide, I'm going to be hungry no matter what I feel like. I'm going to forgive no matter what happens. I'm going to be there no matter what. I'm going to make it a priority. If you don't make it a priority, it won't be, and you will not have the harvest the same. We've been operating a lot by the mercy of God, but it's time for us, instead of letting his mercy fill in the gap, let our hunger fill the gap. There's a point where, there's a, there's a point where the kids... Uh, our children stopped relying on mom and dad's mercy and they started taking responsibility for themselves. That's a part of growing up. Same thing in, in Christianity. It's a part of it. We've got to make sure that we esteem these things. And what happens if we do? He said, those that diligently seek me, in Hebrews eleven six. those that diligently seek me, I'm a rewarder. God's a rewarder. He's a rewarder of them that diligently seek seek him see right now let me tell you and i recognize this so clearly i've seen it before i've seen it multiple times i haven't seen it recently but i can tell you right now there's an attack against this body and the body's been allowing it to happen because you've let other things distract you from what matters the most and you got to get on track and it's your job and your responsibility not mine i can lead you to it but you See, here's the thing. I can't make a decision for each and every person. I can't do that. I can't make a decision for each person. Now, how many people have seen the glory of God this year in these places and in these services? And see, we see that stuff, and it's kind of like we relax. Sometimes one of the most dangerous places that we can be in as a Christian, sometimes one of the most dangerous places that we can be in as a Christian Sometimes I love family. It's awesome. You can pick on family, and, and we can have fun and laugh together. Sometimes one of the most dangerous places as a Christian is having success and feeling because we feel like we've arrived at something. We feel like it just comes. But a lot of times, here's the, it's kind of like, um, like a child or a son that's handed a business. Many times that son doesn't know the decisions the dad made to keep it alive. And so the son will treat it flippantly, thinking that it just comes naturally. And see, here's the thing about the kingdom. The fire of God and the glory of God, it doesn't just come. If it just came, then it'd be all over Christians everywhere. Christians go after it, and that's why it comes. And so we have to decide, not just pastor, but we have to decide as a body, 
Are we going to go after him? And are we going to put down our flesh? And are we going to go after him? Are we going to be average and mediocre? I'm done with mediocre and average. And I'm done with it for you too, which is why I'm talking to you like this. Over in Exodus uh, 17, I think it's 17 or 18, it says this, that the Lord instructed Moses through his stepfather or father-in-law. He said, tell them the work that they are to do. I'm telling you this morning the work that you are to do. Put down the flesh. Go after God. Get prepared. Now is the time more than ever before. Didn't I say over these last few years, there's coming a time where we're going to see a separation. Haven't you heard me preach that? Over and over, What and hasn't this year been that? Yes. I'm telling you now, the separation was for a purpose, and now that separation is going to lead you into a different place if, if, big if, capital I, capital F, if you will prepare. If you don't get yourself prepared, you will see some, but you won't see everything God has for you. And you'll stand in front of him, and you'll have that little bit of shame saying, God, I wish I would have done more. And that's not what God wants for you, and that's not what I want for you. But that's why he's got me saying this now, so that you don't miss the train. This is, this is that, you know, that, that announcement that nobody listens to in the airport. Last call for flight such and such. Last call uh, for Boomerang to go to the glory that God's prepared for them in the next coming years. Last call. you got to get to the gate. Get prepared. That's what's happening. That's what's happening right now. Who's listening? Who's listening? Yeah, who's listening? Who's going to not just listen? Oh, now, oh, I heard that. I heard that. we got to act on it. You can hear it all day long, but until you take action on it, you won't be there. You won't be there. Happens all the time to people because they're lackadaisical about things they should keep as a priority. But that's not going to be us, is it? That's not going to be us. Amen. No, we're going to see the glory of God. We're going to see his power. We're going to walk in his goodness. We're not going to become familiar and just rely on his mercy. No, we'll push into the glory. We'll go after God's goodness. We'll go after his power. And we will see the things of God. We will see his glory. But it doesn't just happen. It doesn't just happen. It doesn't just happen. Amen. See, that's what I'm talking about. Been here too much. She's got enough, enough faith in there to say, I'll go for it. Yeah. That's how sometimes we'll get familiar, familiar with things and we're like, yeah, good, good one, Pastor. <laughs> good. That, that's real good. Amen. God, we got to go after it. Remember what he said. Don't just think. That I'm a son of Abraham. I'm a, I've been going here for all these years. Honey, I know. He just gets excited sometimes. I know how it works. Apparently you don't. Well, you're just new. I know you're excited right now. No. No. That's how we should stay. See, when we become like children... We'll enter the kingdom. But he says, if you don't become like children, with the excitement of children, 
with the excitement of it over the things of God, he said, you won't enter the kingdom, the king's domain. You won't enter the rule of God. So this is last call. Boomerang to the glory of God. Get to the gate. Get unfamiliar. Get excited. Get expectant. Get ready, get ready, get ready, get ready. Grab your bags. We got a glory plane to get on. That's coming. (laughs) And I feel that. Oh, and did you think, (laughs) did you think that it was just always going to be tea cakes and roses coming from here to there? Or there'd never be any correction? Well, that would mean we've got it all together, wouldn't it? How many in here has got it all together? Because if you do, I, I want you to preach, because I don't. I haven't. None of us has have. So what does that mean? God's going to say, hey, this is good. You're doing good, but you've got to make this little course correction. That's what love does. Love, he disciplines those that he loves. He disciplines them. And then the verse Barrett's quoting, Hebrews 12, 11. All discipline for the moment seems to be sorrowful and not joyful. But those who give themselves to that discipline will eat the peaceful fruit of righteousness. How many people want peaceful fruit of righteousness in their lives? Then we got to give ourselves to the discipline of the, of the Lord. And that's what it is this morning. It's a correction. Why? Because the Lord's trying to keep us from landing in the wrong spot. He wants us to be up here, not down here. Lord, we give ourselves to you. Thank you, Father, for it. Thank you for your goodness. Thank you for your mercy. Hallelujah. Announcements. So today, Holy Spirit service, corporate prayer every weekday at 6 a.m. Special Christmas service. One week from today, you got invite cards. Listen, give out those invite cards to anybody that the Lord leads you to. But also do this when you go on Facebook. Go on Facebook and don't just share it. Do, Do that. Share it as a post. But don't just do that invite specific individuals go down to people especially people that you know that haven't been going to church or that you know can use some abundant life inside of them it's going to be a great family christmas celebration next week i mean i just the vision that the lord gave me was we're going to come together you know Everybody, you know what they're longing for this year? They just want things to be normal. They just want things. This is going to be a normal service. It's going to be, well, not entirely normal, but it's going to be, you know, I mean, it doesn't matter what we're doing. We're not entirely normal. You know? Anyway, but it's going to be a family. I just envision just like it's going to be fun. There's going to be gift giving. There's going to be food. There's, it's going to be a message that just brings the joy and the peace to everybody that's here. They're going to be lifted up. I believe people are going to be healed and saved and delivered. And it's going to be awesome. And so what we're going to do, we're going to have food for everybody. We're going to have uh, subs for everybody afterwards. And then we want everybody to bring like some sort of side or dessert. Okay? Side or dessert. 
and uh, so we'll have the subs and we'll have everything else, kind of like potluck, but you don't have to bring all the heavy stuff. We have subs for, for people, but side or dessert, so bring that next week. It's going to be awesome. We'll have lunch afterwards. Uh, we'll enjoy family time, and it's going to be great. Amen? Amen? Glory to God. It's going to be the thing that people have been wanting and longing for. And then starting in January, the youth services, you know, the youth services have been starting at 530. But starting in January, the first Sunday in January, youth will now start at 4 p.m. And what that does is it allows the youth to get in here. They're going to have 4 to 6 p.m. And uh, let me tell you something. The glory of God's been hitting our youth. I mean, the power of God. Is that right? The glory of God's been hitting our youth. Amen. Amen. People, people are being changed. You know, even just yesterday, one of our youth went out, and uh, they were soul winning yesterday, and there was a guy talking, and he gave some doctrine, which actually isn't in the Bible, and the youth said, actually, this is, this is what the Lord says, and he wants to do good for you. And that, because that youth has learned that here, they know the Bible. They know these things. They're growing in it, right? We're raising a child in the way that they should go, and when they're old, they're not going to depart from it. Amen? And, and so this is happening, but one of the things it does is it allows uh, them to get back home and still have the evening with their family and, and all of the people too. So we had prayed about it, sought the Lord, and everybody felt in agreement on that. So that will start in January. And then also in January, uh, we're going to do a 21-day fast. And this is one of those moments of preparation of hearing from the Lord. Now I'm telling you, I'm not, I'm not asking you on this whether or not you want to do a fast. <laughs> say, it, say it out loud, please. I love Pastor Brian. I love Pastor Brian. Good, I'm glad you got that straight. I want you to fast. Yeah. <laughs> I want you to fast. Now, what fast? That's what I want you to seek the Lord on. There's a lot of different kinds of fasts. And uh, I personally am going to be uh, doing uh, 21 days, no solid food whatsoever. I'm, I'm de deciding and praying over whether or not I have any, uh, any liquids, but no solid food. That's what I'm doing, just so you know. And, um, but it's a time. We need to step into this year prepared. And this is a part of it. And I want everybody participating. You know? And there's all kinds of different fasts. You've got a solid food fast. You've got, and I, and I can go into it. If you go to connectionshow.org and you search for Fasting 101, Nicole and I did a series on fasting, you will learn a lot about fasting. A lot of people have questions. What we found is most people in the church have not fasted. In 2019, 2020, 2021, most people in the church have never fasted. Now, this church is different. But there's liquid fast, there's a Daniel fast, there's a six to six fast where you have one meal, basically one meal a day. That's a really good one if you still have to carry a full schedule. You'll feel it and you will, you will give, you will discipline your flesh, but you still have the energy to think and do those things that you need to do in your work. That's a really good one. And uh, some, you know, so seek the Lord on what he would have you to do Right, And in the Bible, just so you know, fasting literally means to cover the mouth. And so I don't mind you doing a media fast. That's a great fast. But I would like for everybody to weigh a little bit less by January 22nd. <laughs> that would be really good. In other words, on some, on some level, they fasted 
Huh? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That'll be interesting. So you be led. And you talk. And if anybody has any questions on fasting, just let us know. But what happens when you fast? The word says in Isaiah 58 that you break off every spiritual yoke. You break off every spiritual yoke. There is blessing after blessing after blessing on fasting. Just read, uh, go watch that series because we talked about all of it. And uh, so that's coming up. And then in February, we have Kickstart, the Kickstart the New Year. Uh, Ted, Ted Shellsworth Jr. and I will be ministering all week. That has been awesome. I mean, it has been powerful. We're going to have people coming in from out of town just to be here for that meeting. It's going to be a great get your excitement and expectation up. And on that last Sunday, we're going to have a baptism service like we did. If you'd like to be baptized or you know somebody, just have them sign up. And uh, things are just, there's a lot of stuff happening. And, uh, but I'm really looking forward to all of it. God's just got good plans. Amen? Amen. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Amen. Also today... Uh, at the end, we really would love for people to help set up Lunch Plus. I've seen some more people doing that, and uh, that's really awesome. Thank you for your help, and then continue to. Lunch Plus, by the way, uh, this week we're going to have a special guest uh, on Lunch Plus tomorrow. Uh, very special guest with us tomorrow, so that'll be nice. And then I believe it's Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday, I'm going to do a series on how to be led by God. How to be led by God. That's one of the most common questions I get asked is, I don't know what to do. I, I, I don't know how to tell between what's God and what's me. And I'm going to teach on how to be led by God on the Lunch Plus this week, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday. So you'll want to, you'll want to see that. Hallelujah. Amen. Well, let's turn to Psalms 116 and verse 17. We've been talking about thanks the power and the command of thanksgiving. And like I said at the beginning, I believe the Lord really showed me a word that he wants us to get thanksgiving at our core heading into this new year. Heading out of 2020 and into 2021, he wants thanksgiving at our core. Not just us individually, but in Boomerang as a core. And you'll see we've talked about quite a number of things, but the Lord tells us to give thanks all the time. All the time. The Lord tells us to give thanks all the time. Even when we don't feel like it, he tells us to give thanks. Let's just look at these key verses that we've been looking at. Psalms 116 and verse 17, it says, To you, Lord, I shall offer a sacrifice of thanksgiving and call upon the name of the Lord. Now, I told you, and I want you specifically today, we're going to talk about thanksgiving and the name, the name of Jesus. But I told you to watch for how many times thanksgiving and the name of the Lord, the name is mentioned together with thanksgiving. There's something there. There's a connection there. And then we're going to talk about that today. But also look at the very first part of this verse. It says, I shall. In other words, this is a decision to make. In other words, do you think that if you're just left alone by yourself, you're just going to be sitting around at your house, you know, I don't know, you know, maybe flipping channels, and just by yourself, 
with no input from anything or anyone. You're just going to go, oh, I thank you, God. Go back to flipping channels. You think that's just going to happen? No, it's a decision. You got to decide, right? You got to decide. It's not going to come out of you unless you decide. And what does is, what is the writer here in Psalms say? He says, I shall. I'm choosing thanksgiving. I'm choosing thanksgiving. Let's go now uh, to Psalm 7. Psalm 7 and verse 17. Psalm 7, 17. I will give thanks. I will. See that again? I will. I will. It's a decision. See, when you don't feel like it, you got to make a decision. You got to say, I will. I will give thanksgiving. When you feel like it, you got to still say, I will. I'm giving thanksgiving. When you, feel, when you feel like it or you don't feel like it, you say, I will, I shall, I'm going to give it. It's a decision. I'm going to make it. Amen. I will give thanks to the Lord according to his righteousness. In other words, because he's so righteous, he's deserving of our thanks. At what? Now watch this. At what point is God not deserving of our thanks? So now, now think about it. Will you come here, Chris? Everybody loves it when I do this. They're like, oh, what's he going to do? Let's say that he's the Lord. See, I made you good today. You, 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 you've been promoted. Yeah, you've been doing better. So I'm, I'm using this as a, it's a better, I can use you as a good example now. Good job. Yeah, way, way to go. All right, let's say he's the Lord, right? And at what point? Now, he's righteous, right? You all know that, right? You know the Lord is righteous. He is good, and his mercy endures forever, right? He's righteous, all right? He's righteous, right? Now, at what point does he stop being righteous? He don't? No. <laughs> He's always righteous. And this verse says, what does it say? I will give thanks to the Lord according to his righteousness. So in other words, it says that as long as he's righteous, what should I be doing? Thank you, thank you, thank you, Lord, hallelujah, thank you, yeah, because he's righteous. Thank you. It should just be coming out all the time. Thank you, Lord. Why? Because he's righteous. He's never going to lose his righteousness, so we should never lose our thanks. He's never going to lose his righteousness. We should never lose our thanks. Never. Should we lose our thanks? Because he's never going to lose his righteousness. But watch this. If, let's say that we're sitting here. The Lord's over here being righteous. But we're going through the valley of the shadow of death. Oh, oh Jesus. Oh, Jesus. And we're sitting here. I just don't feel like being thankful right now. Why, God, why don't you just do something about this valley? Why don't you just do something? Oh, Lord. And we'll get religious with it, you know. In our prayer. What are we doing? Watch. We're saying he's not righteous enough for my thanks even in this moment. We're not giving honor where honor's due. We're not giving glory where glory is due. See, what we're doing is we're focusing on us and we're focusing on our situation instead of setting our eyes on the things above. Instead of setting our eyes, 
He is righteous. You think he's going to let me stay in this place? That's not who he is. He's going to lead me straight out of this place. Yea, though I go through the valley of the shadow of death, yea, though I go through, he is righteous to pull me through. And so even in the middle of that, if I will set my eyes on his righteousness, what, oh, Lord, I feel all this pressure, but I thank you. I thank you. I thank you, Lord. And is he not worthy of it? Always worthy of it. He's worthy of it. Glory to God. He's always righteous. He's always worthy of my thanks. And if I can't put on thanks, I got my eyes on the wrong thing. Because if I'll just set my eyes on the right thing, I'm going to see that he's righteous, that he's right. And I'll start to realize, now watch this. Listen, thanksgiving is a key for you going through. Thanksgiving is a key to your victory. Thanksgiving is a key of you being pulled out of that ditch. See, when you learn to give thanks in the middle of the valley, what you're actually doing is you're starting to pay attention to his righteousness more than the problem, and his righteousness will beat the problem down. That's what we got to get to. His righteousness will beat the problem down. His righteousness. It wasn't that bad. I'm just helping you out. I didn't want you to look unrighteous. His righteousness. His righteousness. See, when we start, here's what it is. When we're in the middle of the valley and we start giving thanks, it's not that we can see the solution or even see the coming out of the valley. What are we seeing? We're saying, I own purpose. I will. I shall look to my God who is righteous and I see the righteousness of the Lord who will not leave me forsaken, who will not save me, who will not cast a net to catch me when I was fallen. I see my God and I will thank Him. And thanks is a faith. Thank you, Lord. This is why in every part of prayer, what do you see? You see thanksgiving. Thank you, Lord. In Philippians 4, it tells us how to pray. With thanksgiving, every time, every time. Why? Because when I look at him, he's righteous. And even if I don't see him, even if in the flesh and in the physical, all I see is the darkness of the valley of the shadow of death, I just close my eyes. Even like uh, Paul and Silas in the midst of the inner dungeon, they had been beat, they had been tortured, and all of a sudden they're in there, and in the middle of that dungeon, they just start praising him, and they start thanking him. It's a sacrifice of thanksgiving giving a sacrifice of praise all of a sudden there was a shaking in the valley there was a shaking in that dungeon and the bondage just fell off it was tied to thanksgiving thank you we got to give thanks and this is why you go over into Thessalonians 1 Thessalonians 5 16 1 Thessalonians 5 16 17 and 18 it says this Rejoice always, pray without ceasing, in everything give thanks. For this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. This is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. 
This is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. God, we, we talked about it, God always wants us to give thanks. Why? Because if we can give thanks, even when we don't feel like it, we can connect to the righteousness of God that will set us free. We can connect to him. And this is why he's not just sitting there like, hey, I need some more thanks. I'm feeling, my, you know, my, my thank tank is, is, is a little bit low. Just keep it coming, earth. Come on, come on, believers, come on. Come on, give me some thanks, give me some thanks. That's not what he's doing. He just needs a little extra. Like, I'm, I'm just, you know, I just woke up on the wrong side of heaven's bed this morning and just come on, give me a little bit of thanks and, and power me up. No, that's not who God is. No, he's telling us, you just give me a little thanks and whatever you're going through, this will be your ticket out of there. See me instead of the problem. See my righteousness instead of your righteousness. See my righteousness and my power and my love instead of the problem. And then what you'll do is with thanks, we grab a hold and we get pulled right up out of that ditch. God doesn't need you to fill his thank tank up. He's doing fine. He'd have been fine if all of us would have perished. He'd have been okay. He didn't need us. He wanted us. He chose us. He set himself in places just to have us. He loves you. He's not trying to get you to worship him more because that beefs him up or beefs beefs up his ego. He was fine already. He told us to do that because all of a sudden when you start to thank him, you grab hold of him. You grab a hold of who he is. You grab a hold of what he wants to do in your life. In everything, give thanks. Because I'm righteous to pull you out of it. We talked about the Lord always wants us to give thanks. And we went over a bunch of scriptures talking about that. And then we talked about we come into his presence. What are we missing? When we come into his presence, what's missing? Nothing. Sin, problems. That's what's missing, if anything. We come into his presence, problems go away. We come into his presence, sickness goes away. But we talked about we can't even begin to come into his presence without entering through the gates with thanksgiving. So we're like, oh, Lord, please help me. And and the Lord's like, if you'll put on some thanks, I can get you in my presence and all that stuff will go away. But you won't even look at me as the righteous God. You just want to look at me, you know, as somebody that just gives you stuff all the time. You're not looking at me. You're not looking at my love. You're just looking at my hand in that way. And listen, understand this because a lot of people say, well, we just need to look at, look at him and not look at his hand. That's not true. His hand is him. It's all a part of him, but don't just look at that one thing. Don't just look at the one thing. We've got to enter into his gates with thanksgiving. We talked about how things are made holy when we thank. The word here in 1 Timothy 4 shows us that when we give thanksgiving and prayer, it it sanctifies our food. It makes it holy. You see Jesus out in the middle of the desert lifting up the basket, loaves and fishes. What does he do? Give thanks. What happens? Multiplied. 5,000 men, 15,000 women and children and men. Eating in a desert. 
He tapped into the flow and the supernatural abundance of God with thanksgiving. And it made it holy. It sanctified what he had. It made it holy. And when it got holy, it could just multiply. How many things God wants us to multiply in our lives, but we hadn't even given them thanks for? Maybe if we give him thanks for those things, he could multiply some good into us. Made holy. We talked about in Romans chapter 1 how thanksgiving is directly tied with not being deceived. We avoid deception when we give thanks. Many people are deceived because they don't look to God to give thanks. And so because they don't have thanks on their lips, they literally set themselves into a place where they're looking at things the wrong way and deception can come in. We should have thanks on our, on our lips all the, all the time. And then what we're talking about today is we give thanks for his name. Look in those, those first two verses that I told you in Psalms, right? What did it say? Both of them said give thanks and what was also involved in both those verses? His name. There's something about his name. Thank you, Lord, for your name. Look at this verse. Let's go to Hebrews 13, 15. Look at this. Hebrews 13, 15. Oh, I like this. I like this verse. Say it with me. Say, I like this. <laughs> Do you? Look at this. Hebrews 13, 15 says, Through him then let us... Say, say it with me. Let us. Let us. Let us. And this is the Holy Ghost talking to believers. Let us do this. Let us do this. Let, let's stop making excuses for not doing it. Let us move on into it. Let us continually offer up a sacrifice of praise to God. Well, what's that? Uh, that is the fruit of lips that give thanks his name. Now look, a sacrifice of praise to God is what? He just defined what the sacrifice of praise was. Lips that give thank, thanks for his name. Through him, put it back up please. Through him, let us, through him then, let us continually offer up a sacrifice of praise to God. That is, the fruit of lips that give thanks to his name. Give thanks to his name. Not just give thanks to him. Specifically here, and the Lord doesn't mince words, he says, give thanks to his name. Give thanks to his name. Give thanks to his name. Well, that's interesting. Why would he say that? Give thanks to his name. Give thanks to his name. Let's go to Psalms 92 and verse 1. Can you see that what we give thanks for, there's some kind of significance here that's important. Psalms 92 and verse 1. See it again. It is good to give thanks to the Lord and to sing praises to your name. Almost high. It is good to give thanks to the Lord and to sing praises to your name. There's something special about the name. There's something special about the name. There's something special about the name. Let's look at it. Let's go to Philippians 2, verse 9 and 10. Philippians 2, verse 9 and 10. In his name... 
is our power and authority. In his name is our power and authority. Philippians 2, verse 9 and 10. Philippians 2, verse 9. For this reason also God highly exalted him. Now you see that word him there is capitalized. That means he's talking about deity, which means he's talking about who? Jesus. For this reason God the Father highly exalted Jesus. He highly exalted Jesus and he bestowed on him, Jesus, the name which is above every name, so that at the name of Jesus, every knee will bow of those who are in heaven and on earth and under the earth. Jesus, Jesus was given a name above every other name, a name of authority, a name of power. A name, and this is why he says, don't just give thanks only. He, he specifically says he wants us to grasp something. He wants us to see something. Give thanks for the name. Give praise to the name. Because the name carries with it a power and an authority to win the battles that you will face. A name, the name of Jesus, is given to us so that we never lose. The name, the name, the name. He says, give thanks to the name. Let me read this again, Philippians 2, 9 and 10. For this reason also God highly exalted him and bestowed on him the name which is above every name. Cancer is below his name. Coronavirus is below his name. COVID is below his name. It's a name. And look at verse 10. So at the name of Jesus, every knee will bow of those who are in heaven and on earth and under the earth. Every knee. Does that just happen for everybody? No. Everything in the kingdom is by faith. When you put faith on the name, it releases the power and authority to make those things bow. Faith in the name. I can't, see, I think sometimes we get into a thing where we just, you know, finish our prayer in Jesus' name, amen. But see, we're saying the words, but it's not connected to our heart. It's not connected here. We're just saying it because it, it's, a, it's a ritual. But then there's something that happens in a message like today when, when all of a sudden you start to go, whoa, whoa, wait a minute. There's something about that name. There's something about that name. Love that song. Jesus, Jesus, there's just something about that name. Sing it. Get the mic. After the rain. And we just praise you for the name. Jesus. Thank you for the name. Jesus. Lord. Jesus. Let all heaven.
there's something about that name. Oh, yeah, there is. Oh, yeah, there is. Ooh, ooh, ooh. Lord, just move on your people right now. Lord, at that name, let everything that's attacking your people, may it bow in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. Oh, there's an anointing in here this morning to make your enemies bow, to shatter the teeth of your enemies. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Things that have been trying to attack you, things that have been coming against you, Oh, at the name. At the name of Jesus. Because of what he did. Because of the price he paid. Because of the glory that he inherited. He gave to us a name which is above every name. To not throw around, but to utilize. To not take it lightly, but to put it on by faith. And when you put that name on by faith, you recognize who he is, what he did, who he is now, and what's going on because of it. In the name of Jesus, rise and walk. In the name of Jesus, be healed. In the name of Jesus, breathe free. In the name of Jesus, like fall off in the name of Jesus. Be free. Oh, 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 he's moving in you. In his name. In his name. In his name. In his name. Yeah. Oh, Foolishness to the world but not foolishness to believers. Foolishness to the world, but not foolishness to believers. Oh, Jesus, there's something about your name. Something about your name. Something about your name. I told you the story uh, at some point recently. You might have heard it on Sunday morning. I don't know. It might have been impact. There's a story. I was casting out a devil out of a lady, and uh, it was a serious case, and this one was hard. And right in the middle of it, the devil tried to get in my head. I mean, he was, he was uh, doing all kinds of stuff. Right in the middle of it, the devil shouts at me. And he says, where are your children? I said, I'm not concerned about them. The devil said, you should be. I was like, ooh, I got to deal with that. And I felt that. I didn't tell him that. I didn't speak it. I said, Lord, what's going on here? What, what's happening? What's happening, Lord? Like, why is this devil not coming out quickly and easily? Like, this should be different. I said, I need your help. I humble myself. I need your help. Instantly, he said three things to me. The love of Jesus, the blood of Jesus, and the name of Jesus. I immediately said, put on songs about the love. Put on songs about the blood. And put on songs about the name. We start worshiping the love of Jesus. Amazing grace. We started singing it. We started worshiping about the blood. The blood of Jesus. That paid the price. And we started worshiping the name. The, the, the reward 
for the price paid. And all of a sudden, within seconds, the power over that demonic force broke. It immediately turned around. And all of a sudden, it had to start coming out. The love of Jesus. The blood of Jesus. The name of Jesus. Lord, there's something about your name. Something about your name. Just look at these verses. Acts chapter 4. Can you sense that? You sense that anointing dropping in this place? Well, just take a big old bite of it with your spirit, man. Just, just grab a hold of it and make it yours. Lord, the name. See, we can pray and then we say, in the name of Jesus, amen. And we roll over that thing lightly. But we're not to. There's a service like today, a teaching like today, and all of a sudden, revelation, rhema will drop into your spirit. And all of a sudden, you'll be, no, there's something about that name. And when you pray next time, it'll be different. When you pray, in the name of all power and authority, in the name of all victory, in the name of my Lord and Savior, in the name of the King of kings and the Lord of lords. That's what I'm praying. Something changes. The name. And he said, give thanks for the name. Why? Because there's something in that name. Something in that name. Acts chapter uh, 3, or excuse me, Acts 2, 21. Acts 2, 21. Oh, glory. Acts 2, 21. And it shall be that everyone that calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Just call on the name. Jesus, I call on your name this morning. In the name of Jesus, Lord, help me. Heal me. Deliver me. Help me. Heal me. Deliver me. Protect me. Restore me. In the name. Everyone that calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Turn over one chapter. Acts chapter 3 and verse 6. But Peter said, I do not possess silver and gold, but what I do have I give to you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise and walk. In the name, it's not a complicated prayer. In the name of all power and authority. In the name of all victory. In the name of all healing. In everything that he is. In the name. Walk. And the man leaped and jumped and leaping and shouting and praising God. He'd been that way for decades. In the name. In the name. Go to verse 16. Acts 3, verse 16. And on the basis of faith in his name, it is the name of Jesus which has strengthened this man whom you see and know and the faith which comes through him which has given him this perfect help in the presence of you all. In the name 
This name strengthened him. Faith in this name strengthened him. See, what you're saying is that name was given as a name above every other name. That name was given as a reward, as an authority, as a power. And I see what Jesus did. I know what he did. And I receive it for myself. And because of that, he was given a name. And I take that name on me as a Christian. And I take that name and I apply it here. And faith in that name strengthened him with a supernatural strength. Read that again. And on the basis of faith in his name, faith in his name, do you have faith in his name on the level that you need to? Do you have faith in his name? Faith in his name. His name is higher than any other name. At his name, every knee will bow. At his name, do you have faith on his name at that level? That you need to. Not just talking about, I know everybody in here has some faith on that name. But can it rise? Can it go higher? Can you learn more faith? Can you get rhema? Can you get some revelation on his name? Can you get a faith that comes alive about his name? It's coming alive in some people today on his name. It is the name of Jesus which has strengthened this man. And the faith which comes through him has given him this perfect health in the presence of him all. Turn one more chapter uh, to chapter 4 and verse 17 and 18. But I want to show you something. Because, watch this. Because the devil understands this too. And so what does the devil want to do? Silence the name. He's always trying to silence the name. Acts 4, 17. But so the, the, the apostles and the disciples are standing in front of the government leaders and the religious leaders. And govern, government leaders, listen, government leaders, you don't listen to everything. If they're all from the word, that's not what you listen to. You don't do that. Some people are saying, well, you got to listen and you got to, you got to go after everything they say. No, you don't. That's what happened in Germany when they told them to turn in their neighbors. You don't. And here they are. They're telling them a very anti-God thing. Look at what they say. And then look at the disciples' response. What's wisdom? Wisdom is following the command of God. He says this. But so that the government leaders said this to the disciples, but so that it will not spread any further among the people, let us warn them to speak no longer to any man in this name. Verse 18, And when they had summoned them, they commanded them not to speak or teach at all in the name of Jesus. The devil's always trying to silence that name. He wants that name to be quiet. There's multiple times I've been asked to come and pray, and then they say, you know, they say, but we don't want you to mention the name of Jesus. They don't mind God because there's a lot of different gods, and that can be generic. But don't you say Jesus because there's only one of him. 
And that's the name which was given above every other name. The devil wants to silence a name of power. He wants to silence a name of authority. He wants to silence the king of king and the lord of lords name. The devil's always trying to silence that name. I'm like, look, if you don't want me to use the name of Jesus, you are talking to the wrong guy. You don't want me because I'm going to use it because I have faith in that name. And that name is what people need. That's what's going to bring health and healing. But they always want to silence that name. The devil's using the same tricks he used 2,000 years ago. He's trying to silence that name. Why would the devil... Think about this. Why would the enemy of your soul want to silence that name? (laughs) He said, because it works. I don't know. I don't know about you, but when the devil wants to do something one way, that really causes me to highlight and look at it like, okay, well, what's going on over here? Oh, you don't want me to use the name. Then let me put some faith in the name. Let me get some revelation about the name. Let me find out more about this name. Thanks for highlighting it to me. Thanks for telling me what not to do, because now I'm going to do it. Faith in the name. So what they do, you know, because the government leaders told them don't, 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 don't preach or teach in that name anymore. <laughs> Acts going down to verse 29 through 31. So they prayed. <laughs> so they prayed. And now, Lord, take note of their threats. All right, Lord, recognize they've threatened us. You, watch this. This command to do something opposite to the command of the Lord, the disciples took as a threat. The disciples took it as a threat. You're telling us to do something. God told us to do. You're telling us to not do it. God told us to do it. That's a threat. Take note of their threats and grant that your bondservants may speak your word with all confidence, with all boldness, while you extend your hand to heal and signs and wonders take place through the name, through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. And what happened? God said, no, you're you're not listening to your governmental authority, so I I can't bless you. I've told many people, like, Apparently, God doesn't care that we're doing what his word says to assemble because he keeps healing people when we meet. I can't do that. You can't do that. Only God can do that. Apparently, he doesn't care. Apparently, he doesn't care. Because he keeps healing people. He keeps saving people. He keeps delivering people. Why? Because we're following his command. And the same thing happens here. They say, hey, they're telling us not to preach or teach in this name. Lord, take note of their threats. But let us preach in all boldness. In other words, what they're telling us to do, let us boldly go the other way. Let us boldly do what you said to do. Not being belligerent, not trying to be hard, but Father, who or do we serve? Them or you? It's you. They're telling us not to serve you. He says this. He says, but that signs and wonders, extend your hand to heal. We recognize it's you. And through the name, extend your hand to heal. 
that signs and wonders may take place through the name of your holy servant Jesus. And what happened? What did God have to say about it? And when they had prayed, the place where they had gathered together was shaken. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak the word of God with boldness. God said, amen. In Jesus' name. (laughs) In the final address to the disciples, Jesus in chapter Uh, John chapter 14, chapter 15, chapter 16, chapter 17. This is Jesus' final address to his disciples. And just just watch this. John 14, 12 12 through 14. So these are the final words of Jesus to his disciples. These are, this is like his, he talks to them a couple more times, but this is like his dialogue to them, his monologue to them, I guess. This is him telling them how to be, what to do. He's kind of given three chapters of, of wrapping it all up before he goes to the cross. Wouldn't you say that whatever he says in those chapters, probably important. Anybody, anybody figure that out? John 14, 12. Truly, truly, I say to you, Jesus says, he who believes in the works that I do, He will do also, and greater works than these he will do, because I go to the Father. Whatever you ask in my name, that that will I do, so that the Father may be glorified in the Son. 14, if you ask me anything in my name, I will do it. I will do it. He just says, you're going to do greater works. How did the greater works? What was the greater works attached to? The name. The name. The next chapter, John 15 and verse 16. You did not choose me, but I chose you, and I appointed you that you would go and bear fruit, and that your fruit would remain, so that whatever you ask of the Father in my name, he may give it to you. Now we know from the full counsel of the word, you don't just go around making stuff up to ask. In other words, he says that when you ask according to my will, in other words, know the Bible and and have a communication with the Holy Ghost. And don't just be randomly asking, well, Lord, I'd like this. It's not like you're going to Santa Claus as a kid and pouring out all your flesh desires. That's not what prayer is. But when you ask according to his will, in his name, you'll have everything gasped. Then he says again, chapter 16, verse 23. Jesus still talking to his disciples. In that day, you will not question me about anything. Truly, truly, I say to you, if you ask the Father for anything in my name, three times in my name, he will give it to you. Until now, you've asked for nothing in my name. Ask, and you will receive, so that your joy may be made full. So in his closing monologue to the disciples, his closing instructions, his closing directions to them, what do you see? Three times, three different chapters. Ask in my name. Use my name. Apply my name. Put faith in my name. And you'll have everything you need. It's not just the closing of a prayer that sounds good. There's an authority and there's a power And you and I are supposed to give thanks for the name because we know what's in it. We know what's in that. 
that in everything we give thanks. And part of what we give thanks, thank you, Lord, for the name. Thank you for the name. Thank you for your name, Jesus. Thank you for your name. Thank you for your name, Jesus. Thank you for your name. Just say it with me. Just say thank you for your name. Thank you for your name. Thank you, Lord. First Chronicles 29, 13. Now, therefore, our God, we thank you and praise your glorious name. We thank you. And we praise your glorious name. Let's just thank him. Lord, thank you. In your name, you're going to do mighty works this morning. In your name, our lives will change from this day forward. In your name, with thanksgiving, in everything we give thanks. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you. Faith in that name. Faith, Lord, in your name. Listen, there's nothing. I want you all to get prepared to sing that same song. Thank you, Lord. The name song, of course. Thank you, Lord, for that name. But I want you to hear this. There's nothing that you need, truly need, that faith in that name can't handle. What do you need worked out? What do you need solved? Go ahead. Thank you, Lord. Whatever you need, faith in that name will solve it. This morning, I don't know what you might need. I don't know what the the blank is that you might need to be filled but I know what will fill it. I know the power. It's that name and thanks in that name that will solve it.